Welcome to the Living Your Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hale, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm your co-host, Sean Lee. We're so honored that you joined us today. It's our purpose at Living Your Dash to help you better connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Well, Merry Christmas, Rick. Merry Christmas, Sean. Well, thank you. Uh, hey, we had a great time this past weekend, didn't we? It was fun. The, the choir sang. We had an orchestra, band. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, just a great celebration of Christmas. And people who were here thoroughly enjoyed it. They loved it. And you know what What I appreciated was it was great to have your wife, the ultra-talented. So unfair that she's so talented. Uh, that all men should weep because of that, but uh, but no, she she directed the the orchestra and the choir and the it was beautiful. How did how did she like that? Oh, she loved it. You know, she she was our music director here for many years. She's been retired, but we brought her out of retirement, blew the dust off of her, <laughs> put the baton back in her hand. It, it it really is just like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. You, you never forget. So she was definitely having fun. And people who were watching her said, wow, she was really back in her element. Yes. So I appreciate so much uh, Kenny Lewis, our worship pastor, inviting her to to come back and be a part of the day. Kenny did a great job putting the whole morning together. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I appreciate I love Kenny, and I appreciate his humility. Just saying, you know, I don't, I don't mind her coming back. I'd love for her to... To, to come on back. And so we did. As a choir member, I had a great time, and she was always my choir director. And so uh, since I've been here since 2002, so it's been a wonderful time. Uh, it was wonderful to be there with her. Well, oh, and when uh, when Kenny sang his solo, Mary, Did You Know, ah, I think every heart in the building was touched. Yeah, that's right. He does a fantastic job with that. Um, all right, so Rick, let's see. This week, you focused on the promise of Bethlehem. So I'm thinking um, there's an axiom in real estate, location, 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 as if to say that the best price or the best deal will be found in the best location. Uh, So Rick, is there something to this idea of location? I think there is. When, When you look at scripture, there are special places where God seems to put uh, his focus. And, and one of those places is in Bethlehem. Sunday, we looked at uh, an Old Testament prophecy from the prophet Micah. This guy lived 725 years before the birth of Christ and predicted <laughs> that the Messiah would come uh, and he would be born in Bethlehem. He would be king of God's people, and he would shepherd God's flock 725 years before the event, but it all focused in that one place called Bethlehem. That's right. And of course, if you don't know what we're talking about, audience, uh, um, you can always go back. You can find every sermon that Rick's ever done, well, almost everyone, um, if you go to our website and look at the archives. You know, it's it's interesting, Rick. I was doing a little background study of, of Bethlehem, and I found it interesting that Rachel, the beloved wife of Jacob, she was buried there. Uh, Naomi and Ruth, they returned to Bethlehem after their husbands had died. And of course, we all you can read we can read about Ruth's story in the book of Ruth. Um, the cave of Adullam is where David hid when he was being chased by Saul. And in fact, David was anointed king right there in Bethlehem. It, 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 I don't know. It just seems like God places a big 
price tag or, or something big on these symbols, Rick. So should we care about reading too much into these locations that God seems to heavily invest in? No, I don't think so. I don't think we're reading too much in. There was something special about Bethlehem. And when you see the parallels between David and Jesus, you just mentioned uh, old King Saul mm -hmm. was after David tried to kill the anointed king. Well, when you read the gospel narrative at the birth of Jesus, what do you have? You have not old King Saul, but old King Herod. Wow. Trying to kill Jesus, trying yeah. to track him down and kill him as a child. The the parallels are, are rather interesting. Yeah. I it it's it's strange, isn't it? That uh, maybe maybe the fact that that because God's promise is there or God's uh, involvement is there, there is that 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 desire for Satan to destroy it. Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And and I think about um, uh, we can read in the news that Bethlehem right now, it's, it's not a safe place for Christians. No, not um, at all. Not at all. And uh, just for the last few years, it has been very dangerous. And, you know, different terrorist groups have threatened to blow up holy sites. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the city of, of Bethlehem. Yeah. Hey, Rick, everyone knew that the coming king would arise from Bethlehem. You mentioned that... It was ironic that the scripture that everyone knew that he would be born in Bethlehem and that we have this extraordinary visit by the Magi that no one called a taxi to go out there and go visit him. You know, what, what, was, what was going on there? To me, this, the, the narrative in Matthew 2 is fascinating. When you look at the three main characters of that story, so here, here first of all, the Magi, uh, come to town following this miraculous star and they go to Herod and they say, Hey, where's the King of the Jews? Well, that goes over like a lead balloon with mm -hmm. Herod, who was the King of the Jews. <laughs> and so Herod calls in the Jewish leaders and, and experts in the law and says, Hey, where is the Messiah, the, the King of the Jews supposed to be born? Mm -hmm. Well, the, these guys didn't have to go look it up in the books. They knew it by heart. They said, oh, everybody knows that the coming Messiah will someday be born in the city of Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. So what fascinates me is you have, you have Herod. His response to the birth of Jesus is, I've got to eliminate this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, th this is a rival king. So his response is he opposes Jesus, the one that baffles me just as you mentioned, the Jewish leaders. Mm -hmm. Here they knew the prophecy. These magi show up out of nowhere with this wild story about a star, and they've come to worship the king of the Jews. Sean, why did not they travel six miles? Yeah. Six miles from Jerusalem down to Bethlehem, at least to check it out. Yeah. Why didn't they send some of their helpers down there and say, hey, guys, Go check out this story. Be you know a little investigative reporter. Right. Check out the story. See if there's anything to it. You know what? The Jews, the Jewish leaders, they avoided Jesus. Yeah. They just kind of blocked it out. That's strange. And of course, the third characters, the heroes of the story, the Magi, they responded by worshiping Jesus. Yeah. It dawned on me, Sean, in two thousand years, we still had three options. Mm. How are we going to respond to Jesus? Some in our culture today oppose Jesus and the Christian message and 
persecute Christians because of the message. Some just kind of blow Jesus off, don't think about him, like the Jews. They just kind of avoid it. All they have to do is go to the library and they can read about him, mm-hmm. but they don't. And, and then we have a lot of magi. We have a lot of wise people yeah. in our world who say, yeah, Jesus really is the Messiah, the, the long-awaited king. Yes, it, it, it blew me away. As you were just thinking about this, uh, or as you were just talking about that, this, I was thinking, you know, if I were a king, I would say, I would think that that's one of the most important verses that I would need to know. Uh, because I would need to know that uh, the only reason why I would ever step down uh, in righteousness and in a, in, a right, in a right manner before God is when his chosen one is born. And But that's not what King Herod thought. <laughs> yeah, the, and the, the problem with Herod is he was really not into God. No. Uh, Herod was into Herod. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the most dangerous places to be during the reign of Herod would be in his family. Yeah. He was famous for literally murdering his own children, his yes. sons, for fear that they would try to take over his throne. Wow! Wow! What an what an evil man! And uh, but I but I think about what is our responsibility today? Our responsibility is to to take the uh, um, take the example of these three magi who were. I guess, in a way, they were just astrologers, right? I mean, I don't think that they were Jewish, um, but they they saw the signs, and they knew that what the right thing to do was. It was to go and to worship. Mm-hmm. Some some would say they were more astronomers than they were astrologers. Okay, yes, yes. So I said the wrong word. really, watching the sky. Yeah. And we don't have time today to get into it, but oh. there's a fascinating passage in Numbers about a star. Ooh. that a star would arise. Yeah. And many scholars believe these wise men uh, from wherever they came from the East, that they saw this star, but they knew that that prophecy from numbers and connected the dots. Yes, yes. Okay, so another thing that Micah does, he closes up the section by saying, and he will be their peace. Rick, you mentioned that not only does he bring us peace, he is our peace. Can you expand on that just a bit more? Yeah, it's fascinating when you when you look at that prophecy, the way Micah ends it, that he will be our peace. Hmm. When you turn to the New Testament, it seems that the Apostle Paul picks up on that very phrase in Ephesians chapter 2. There's a line in Ephesians chapter 2 that says, speaking of Jesus, Mm -hmm. and he is our peace who has broken down the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile. And that whole paragraph in Ephesians 2 talks about how Jesus has come to bring peace. First of all, that we have peace with God because Mm -hmm. Jesus uh, dies on the cross for our sin. So he eliminates the barrier between uh, between us and God, mm-hmm. but something else happens when that happens, and rather miraculous is when you have peace with God and I have peace with God. Guess what that does with us? We have peace. Yes. So we come together. Our differences don't matter anymore because we have a higher unifying factor, uh, namely our faith in God. Mm-hmm. So we have peace with God. We have peace with each other, which then gives you peace within. And the the scripture talks about how we have a peace that passes all understanding that 
that guards our hearts and minds. So in other words, inside of us. So it's kind of a threefold piece with God, with one another, and even with ourselves. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. I, you know, I was thinking about um, that passage in Micah that that he he could have said other things. Um, of course, he wasn't going to, but but he could have said other things that that he is our maybe our strength, or maybe he is our joy. But instead, he says that he will be our peace. Um, and I find it striking that here we are. Um, I don't know how many years after he said that. Uh, 2,700 years, yeah. we're still struggling uh, as, as a world. We're still struggling without peace. Um, in fact, even in the very nation that he wrote this, it's still not peaceful. Yeah, we, you look at the Middle East, and everybody knows conflict. The uh, Jewish-Arab conflict, Sean, has been going on now, added up 4,000 years. Mm-hmm. It goes all the way back to Abraham. That's where it all started. Yeah. They have been fighting each other looking for a solution 4,000 years. And yet there is really only one solution. Hmm. And it is the Prince of Peace. Jesus calls himself the Prince of Peace. The the only way to solve the Jewish Arab conflict, this sounds so simple, and some would just snicker away at the thought, is for the Jewish people to accept Jesus as their Messiah, mm-hmm. and the Arabs to accept Jesus as their Lord. Mm-hmm. And an amazing thing happens if uh, a Jew accepts Christ and an Arab accepts Christ, they become brothers in Christ. Yeah. And that brotherhood supersedes any division that they may have had. And yeah. Sean, I know this can work because I've seen it here at Grace. <laughs> over the years, over the years, we have had Jewish Christians mm-hmm. and we have had Arab Christians, both members of this church. Yes. What's fascinating is on Sunday morning, they don't launch rockets at each other. <laughs> they sit next to each other in church and together in unity worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yes. yes. Jesus is the only hope for peace. Yeah. You know, and it, on, at first blush, I think, well, that's impossible. You know, they, they, they come from two different two different points of view, but yet not really, because uh, the the um, both point back to Abraham uh, as their progenitor. Uh, and so, if you're talking about the God of Abraham now, who is who is saying to both, both of you need to get straight. So listen to me, I am your God. I am your God. So come back to me. Listen to me. Here is the peace. His name is Jesus. When you study the early church in the first century, one of the most difficult challenges was working out this new peace because God declared in the church, the Jew and Gentile, mm-hmm. you are brothers and sisters in Christ. You have to love each other. You have to get along. It was tough. Yeah. And they had to work at it. And mm-hmm. Paul had to keep writing letters to remind them Stop fighting, kind of like as a parent. You know, you got you got two kids, three kids, and guess what they do? They fight. They fight. What does the parent have to do? You have to continue to say, "Listen, love each other. Your yeah. brothers, your sisters." Mm-hmm. Well, God had to do the same, speaking through the Apostle Paul and Peter and other New Testament writers. Yes, yes. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus, for being our peace. Okay, so let's talk about some things that are coming up, Rick. Uh, what's what's coming up? Well, Christmas Eve. I love Christmas Eve. One of my favorite uh, services of the year. 
on Christmas Eve, uh, 4.30 and at 6, mm -hmm. uh, we invite the community to come. We have a lot of special music. We have a candlelight communion service. You don't have to be a member at Grace to mm -hmm. participate. Uh, if you're a believer in Christ, you're invited to the table. It's his table, not ours. Yes. And uh, that's right. I, I, I always, I don't do a sermon that night. I like to tell a, a story. And I, I found a true story called uh, Timmy and the Shirt. And oh. I want to tell the story of, um, of what a Christmas gift can mean and how God gave a Christmas gift to the world that can make all the difference in the world. So I'm excited about that. Okay, boy. So if you're listening, make sure that you come to either one of those services or both. We don't care. Uh, on uh, December 24th. Now, of course, you're still going through a series, you know. Uh, so can you give us a little a little bit about what we're, you're going to be preaching on this Sunday? This Sunday is episode number three ah. of uh, Christmas Promises. We're going to go to the Old Testament again to a prophecy uh, from uh, Hosea. Ah. And in Hosea 11.1, 1, Hosea makes this, this statement about out of Egypt, I have called my son. Mm. When you go to the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, he sees that when Jesus as a, as a child and his family, they, they go to Egypt for a period of time to escape Herod. Mm -hmm. And some people don't know that Jesus spent time in Egypt. Yeah. But that when God called them out of Egypt, Matthew sees a fulfillment of that prophecy of this time out of Egypt have I called my only begotten son. Yes. yes. It's a fascinating a fulfillment of that Old Testament prophecy. Yeah, you don't want to miss this. This is really important. Okay, so Hosea, wasn't his wife's name Gomer? Uh, that's true. Wow, boy, you, what a name, right? Okay, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Gomer's a beautiful, beautiful name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, so if you want more information about uh, the, this last week's sermon or, or any of these things, you can check out our website uh, for this series and even the next series. But anyway, thanks again so much for being with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. Hey, we love to get feedback. Uh, so please leave us a comment or send us an email. Let us know how we can even pray for you. Uh, so more, for more information about Grace Community Church, you can visit us online at roswellgrace.com. And until next time, Rick, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Ah, and thank you for uh, being with us today. Until next time, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus be with you.